Welcome aboard. Seth Goldberg here with another episode of A Show to Be Named Later. Thanks for finding us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, now on Radio.com. So download that app and check it out if that's your preferred podcast and streaming listening app. Or also on SoundCloud as well. Follow me on Twitter at SethGoldberg17 or on Facebook, like my page, Seth Goldberg Sports. Uh, to get the podcast in your social media feeds. And don't forget, subscribe, review, the whole deal on your favorite podcast app. We've hit August. It is like kind of football season now uh, in the sports world. That's cool. So we're going to talk football here because up here in central New York, up here in Syracuse, we've been going to Syracuse football practice uh, the last couple of days and uh, compiling some stuff. Talked with kicker, All-American, Lou Groza Award winner, Andre Schmidt, so you'll hear that. You'll hear from Kendall Coleman, who had 10 sacks last year and is a monster on this Syracuse defensive line, and more. And then I gotta get to the cool baseball announcement coming this week. Where the Yankees and White Sox are gonna play next week, next year. I'm so excited. So we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit, but first, some Syracuse football talk here on a show to be named later. All right, so as mentioned, it is football season. Thursday night, preseason openers, I think 11 NFL preseason games. Wild stuff. And and look, I'm not somebody who watches preseason football. I'm a giant fan who was kind of uh, puzzled by the Daniel Jones pick. But don't come to me with five for five and a touchdown and say, Daniel Jones is the savior. Don't come to me with that. I'm sure we could do a whole nother podcast on that topic and, and the giant smug, smarmy reactions to it after the game. But I want to talk about Syracuse football because up here in Syracuse, New York, the, the practice opened last week. And this week we've gotten a, a ton of access. Uh, nearly every day this week we've been going, talking to people, coaches, uh, or I should say coach, Dino Babers, and offensive and defensive players on this team. Um, I talked to Andre Schmidt. We'll hear that coming up in a little bit. Talked to Kendall Coleman coming up in a little bit as well. But I thought the, that Kendall Coleman's comments were really interesting. And it kind of stemmed from something that I heard him say in the YouTube series that Syracuse Athletics is doing. They're putting out kind of like a behind-the-scenes-ish type video. Get to know some of these guys a little bit more. Um, and Kendall Coleman was basically talking about how there's a buzz, there's a, a pride in being Syracuse football, not just Syracuse football, but Syracuse Athletics now. And it's it's really interesting to me to watch this. We all know what Syracuse did last year. We all know 10 wins, winning a bowl game, being in the top 25 for the first time since 2001. We know all the accolades. We know everything that that means. We know everything they did. But it's really interesting to me still to see the reaction to all of it. To see the reaction to the success. To see the reaction from fans as we've moved closer and closer to the season. Because there is a buzz, there is an excitement, there is a a hope and a and and a feeling around this team that there can be something big. And the AP poll will come out shortly, and and Syracuse will be in the top twenty five again, I'd imagine, as we head into the season. And that Clemson game will roll around, and it will be the biggest game, bar none, on the Syracuse campus in twenty years. And that'll be a lot of fun. 
But I'm curious how this all happens. How do players handle this? Because the talent is still there. The ability is still there. The team is not all that much different than it was last year. Yes, you lost Eric Dungy. That is your big difference. But the defense, the strengths of the defense remain intact with the defensive line and the defensive secondary. You have more depth at running back and wide receiver than you've had in quite some time. And that should ease the transition of the quarterback. And oh, by the way, the quarterback taking over is among the highest rated recruits that you've gotten to Syracuse, New York in quite some time. A quarterback who was four stars coming out of high school. A quarterback who went to that Elite 11 camp and was competing with the best high school quarterbacks in the country. So he's got some talent. He's pretty good at this. He knows what he's doing. And I think that that's what we saw last year when he got when Tommy DeVito got some of that limited access, limited exposure. He knows what he's doing. He's pretty good at this. Cool, calm, collected. And I think that's what we'll see again this year. But back to this hype, back to this excitement, there's reason to be excited. There's reason to be hyped up. And I think it's really interesting. So why don't we hear from Kendall Coleman actually now? And I started with that. I started by asking him simply about this hype and about this feeling surrounding the program. You know, you, you said a couple interesting things in, in the YouTube series, um, you know, about the, where the football program is and, and kind of the buzz around here. And I, I was just curious how much you're feeling that as, as students are about to come back on campus, how much you're feeling that buzz growing? Definitely, it's growing a lot. I feel it, I feel it all over the place everywhere we go. People want to know, are we on the football team? They're telling us how proud they are of us, of everything that we did last year, and that they're excited to see what we're going to do to uh, further further the fan base and everything that we got going on right now. And what's that like for you? I mean, as a, as a senior coming off these last couple of years where, you know, it was 4-8, 4-8, eight, eight, what, what's that like now seeing that kind of a mentality and that kind of mindset towards this team? It's awesome. Uh, it's like I said in the in the web series or the YouTube series that uh, it's just awesome to see the support and the, the growth of the family, of the community, and re- seeing that everybody uh, everybody's happy to see just us representing orange and blue rather than it being a football school or a basketball school or a cross school or whatever. But everybody's just happy to see that, you know, orange is successful and that we're all one big united family. And that's, that's, that's amazing, uh, especially being from where we came from beforehand and uh, those, rough, those rough couple of seasons that we had to put together to scrap through and get to where we are now. Getting tomorrow on the field, uh, you and Alton, of course, uh, as such a, a, a troubling duo for, for other teams. How do you see yourself and, and Alton going into this season? Where do you think you guys are at You know, as, as we head into this year? We're just getting better. Just getting better, just getting started. <laughs> That's how I see it. Uh, and basically what that just really comes down to is knowing how much work we have to do. We just scratched the surface last year, but there was a lot of stuff that we didn't get right and uh, that, that we're working our butts off right now to correct and make sure that we can be even better for our team and uh, for this community next year. How important is the guy in the middle of that defensive line who's with you? Obviously, last year it was Chris Slate, and this year it seems like it's a little bit more of a committee, but how important is that position to, to what you guys do? There's two guys in there. Chris Slayton was the big name that everybody talked about, but we had a plethora of guys that were rotating in between uh, Big Bear, Josh, and uh, KJ, and all those guys are extremely important because you know you can put all the focus on out and not if you want to, but none of it gets done without them. Those are those are the, that's the heart and soul. Those are the old heads like like I who have been here since day one of freshman year, uh, scrapping and grinding through it. So those guys are just as important as the rest of us are. 
So there's Syracuse senior defensive lineman Kendall Coleman. And again, what he said is really interesting. What he said about where this program's at is really interesting. The growth, the hype, the excitement. And and I took that, or I took some of it as a sense of pride as well. Because think back to what Syracuse football was. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't good. <laughs> you know, from what, two thousand we'll say from two thousand three up until last season for that 14 to 15 year span it was really bad and it wasn't exactly something to take pride in and sure you had some glimmering moments Doug Marone got him to a couple of bowl games Scott Schaefer even got him to one before things really fell apart but think about some of the bad that wasn't something you wanted to walk around and flaunt and I think that that's kind of what we're seeing with Syracuse fans now right We're seeing the excitement that, hey, I have a football team. I have a football team that I can like and watch and enjoy and take pride in. And that's not necessarily something that you had before. And I think that that's a really interesting dynamic change, shift, whatever you want to call it. Now, as far as what he was talking about on the field, this defense right now, Dino Baber says, is the strength of this team. Which is not something that I think you could have said about the first three years under Dino Babers. Not something that I think you could have said about a Syracuse team since Scott Schaefer left the program. But that might be the case this year. At least early. Early the defense might be ahead of the offense. And a lot of it is because of Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman. And the two of them are just so good, so strong, so fast, so good in their technique that they are able to make plays and wreak havoc and create a lot of problems. They're a really interesting pair to watch to me because you have two very different defensive linemen, I think. You have two very different defensive linemen. You have Alton Robinson, and this is not a slight on Kendall Coleman, but you have Alton Robinson who is a freak athlete, right? You look at him, and I saw him. I remember this thought coming through my mind. I saw him last year after practice on the practice field, and he did not have his pads on. And he was going through a couple of drills before he came over and talked to to us media people. And then even when he was talking with us, and I just looked at him, and I said, he has the look of a defensive lineman, right? This is this is the guy that jumps up draft boards because you look at him at a combine, because you see him at a weigh-in. And then you have Kendall Coleman, who's maybe a little bit shorter, right? Maybe not that prototypical size and 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 weight necessarily of a defensive lineman, but a technician. Knows what he's doing can outwork you, outmaneuver you to go get to the quarterback and get the sack. And by having the two of them on the outside, you're constantly putting the quarterback under pressure. And I've said this a lot. I've said this a lot. The two most important things to me on a football team, outside of quarterback, get past that, because everybody in the world knows the quarterback is the most important, but it's the offensive and the defensive lines. Because the offensive line, if if you don't have a good one, your quarterback's not going to have time to do anything, your running back's not going to have time to do anything, and you're going to be in trouble. Your defensive line does the opposite. It gets the quarterback in trouble. It makes your secondary look better. It makes your linebackers look better because you're causing a quarterback to do things when he's uncomfortable. 
It was essentially the recipe the Giants used to win two Super Bowls. They didn't have great safeties. They didn't have great corners. But they got after the quarterback, and those guys looked so much better because the quarterback was always under pressure. And Tom Brady threw one 35 yards downfield way past his last receiver and got called for a safety on play one because he was under pressure. The Giants won the Super Bowl twice because they got Tom Brady under pressure and got him off his off his spot, off his element. And I think that you'll see Syracuse do that a lot this year. Alton Robinson and Kendall Coleman, in particular, are going to cause a lot of problems for opposing teams. A lot of problems. And it'll make Andre Sisko look that much better. And does Andre Sisko need help? I don't know. He was a true freshman All-American last year. Does he need that much more help? Probably not. Secondary is going to look good because it's talented, it's deep, and they will have that defensive line helping them out up front. Speaking of Andre Sisko, a a true freshman All-American, I spoke to another true freshman All-American earlier today. I was trying to think, who is somebody interesting? Who is somebody that I, I feel like I don't know much about on this Syracuse football team that I could talk to? And I wanted to talk to Andre Schmidt. He comes in last year. He was not somebody who was on scholarship. He was a walk-on player. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's banging field goals. He's got the starting job. He makes every kick he takes, almost. And he is a unanimous All-American. And the Lou Groza Award winner. So he was somebody I wanted to talk to a little bit. So that's exactly what I did. Earlier at Syracuse football practice, I talked with Andre Schmidt. Here it is. So, Andre, you're coming back. Lou Groza Award last year. It's the best kicker in the nation, obviously, as a freshman. Did you think that was something that was possible heading into last year? And, and kind of what was your reaction as that happened? Well, kind of last year, I kind of took each day at a time. You know, I wasn't the starter going into camp. So I just worked every day, tried to be 100% every practice. And then coming to the game, just focusing on playing well. And then kind of happened. You know, you mentioned being 100% or focusing on each practice. How difficult is the consistency for you at that position, you know, game in and game out? Yeah, I mean, it's really important just staying consistent, like doing everything like your steps, how you swing, how you make contact with the ball. So just really focusing on that and practicing that every day, really transitions to game. How do you make sure that now carries over to another season because it, it feels like kickers are, are kind of the most variable position in, in a football team. How, how does that carry over now one year to the next and make sure that consistency and that level are still there? Right. I mean, kind of not trying to think about the previous year. That kind of is already behind us now. Focusing on this year, I mean, training with my coach, Coach Downer, again this summer a bunch of times, just trying to do everything I did last year to kind of replicate what happened. When you're playing on this team and you know that the offense is going to get the ball more often than not, into opponent territory, and you're going to have all these opportunities, point afters or, or field goals. What does that do for the mentality as, as you're sitting through a game, as you're, as you're waiting for that opportunity on the sideline? I mean, I know, like, it's going to come. PATs, whether it's whether I hit no field goals and we just score touchdowns and I have to hit six extra points in the game, just be ready and uh, whatever I can do to help the team, that's what I'm going to do. So... I imagine most kickers aren't kickers exclusively uh, in high school. So what other positions did you play? What, where else on the field were you? Well, I started off playing soccer my whole high school career, <laughs> and then my senior year I punted, kicked off, and kicked field goals for my team. So what's the transition from soccer to, to football? Obviously a different shaped ball, but, yeah. but how else does that go? I mean, soccer is more relaxed, and you kind of just like get in position to get a shot because you're getting – I mean, you are defended in a field goal, but 
it's kind of different. No one's really on you. So in kicking a field goal, it's much more focused like on your form and you have to be consistent and the same every time. I hope this doesn't sound too silly um, because obviously it's kicking, but do, do those skills translate as easily as you would imagine from kicking a soccer ball to a football? Uh, I mean, it's definitely a good start to like start with playing soccer and just knowing how to kick a ball. And then, but there was definitely a learning curve to kicking from a soccer ball in a, in a soccer game to a football in the, through the uprights. You know, given that you were named uh, a Lou Groza Award winner last year and you're named as the best kicker in the country, what are the goals for you as, as you come into this season, now year two in the system? Mm, not really focusing too much on, like, end goal, being All-American again or winning the Lou Groza again, kind of just focusing on going, getting through camp and then each game, one game at a time. Not really focusing on big picture right now, but definitely somewhere there it's out there yeah, it's, it's out, out there, there. Exactly. <laughs> Not really thinking about it right now. you know when you look at this team you guys win 10 games last mm-hmm. year and and it's such a turnaround what is you know a, a team goal maybe for this year what, how, how do you guys back that up and, and come back with another year i mean yeah just last year what we did worked out so just trying to do the same thing i mean get better in each position aspect and just try to do better than we did last year you know, something that I think uh, we've kind of noticed, everybody's been asked, uh, 10 wins leads to a certain buzz uh, around the program, and, and it feels like there's more buzz here than there has been in the past. Have you noticed that? Did you notice a distinct difference this summer as opposed to last summer? Yeah, I mean, definitely. We're, we're a winning team now, so we're definitely excited for this year. I mean, trying to go undefeated. Andre, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, so there's Andre Schmidt, Syracuse's kicker, a unanimous All-American, and the winner of the Lou Groza Award last season, going to the best kicker in the nation. Um, interesting guy with the the soccer background, not playing football uh, until his senior year of high school, uh, and now obviously being a scholarship kicker, and a uh, pretty damn good one at that. So we'll have plenty more Syracuse football coverage coming throughout the season, uh, plenty more football coverage coming throughout the season, but I do want to change gears here a little bit and talk baseball on a show to be named later. So as mentioned, I wanted to talk baseball here on a show to be named later. I want to talk about what Major League Baseball announced earlier in the week, where the Yankees are playing next year, because I am so excited about this. I am so excited that Major League Baseball is doing this. They are playing a game at the Field of Dreams set, um... In Iowa, in a cornfield, they are building a temporary 8,000-seat stadium. They're going to have a pathway from the Field of Dreams baseball field to the temporary stadium through the cornfield. I am so excited. I think this is really cool. I think this is something that baseball in particular should do more. And they have been. They've been spreading the love. They've been spreading the wealth. They've been playing baseball all over the place. And if they can do it in London and transform a soccer stadium into a baseball stadium, and if they can do it in in Australia and convert a stadium from cricket to baseball and go play in Tokyo and go play in Puerto Rico, they can do the same thing in different places of the United States. And we've started seeing this over the last couple of years. They played at Fort Bragg. They built a stadium on an army base. That was pretty nice. That was pretty cool. They've played and put in money to refurbish a stadium in Williamsport to play at the Little League World Series. An awesome event, year in and year out. Awesome event to have these Little League kids there watching major leaguers at the same time that they are playing, you know, and living their dreams at the Little League World Series. They've, they started this year playing 
at the College World Series site in Omaha. And I think that these are all great ideas. Simply put, baseball has a lot of inventory. Baseball has a lot of inventory. 162 games each. You got to do something to make some of them feel special. And whether that is moving it to Omaha or Williamsport or taking it overseas or doing anything else that you can, I think that you've got to make some games feel like an event, feel special. And this Iowa game is going to do just that. Now, who didn't watch Field of Dreams? It's been out 30 years now. Who hasn't seen Field of Dreams? What baseball fan, what sports fan has not watched that movie? It's one of the great movies. I love it. And I know some people don't like it, but get out of here. I love Field of Dreams. And I've always thought how cool it would be if you can actually play some kind of an event on that field or in that area. Do something with it outside of just a standalone movie. And now they're going to. And by the way, what other teams were you going to pick? You have to pick the Yankees and the White Sox. You have to pick the Yankees and the White Sox. The White Sox, for obvious reasons. Like, the White Sox are the basis of the movie. And yeah, it's probably a time that, like, the White Sox would not like to remember and bring out into the public all too often. You know, their team did get thrown out of baseball for betting on baseball and the World Series and the whole deal. But it's about Shoeless Joe Jackson and getting him to play again. And then the Yankees, aside from the fact that they are the Yankees, that they are the the mystique, right? The, the most famous franchise that you have in the sport. The most famous team that you have maybe in any professional sports. And they've got that brand name and they've got the players to go along with it and they're going to be pretty good. Aside from all of that, do you remember at the end of the movie? And how could you not? I'll, I'll say spoiler alert, but it's 30 years old. Kevin Costner meets his dad. What logo does Kevin Costner's dad's character have on his sleeve? As he is, you know, in the being of a 29-year-old man who's just gotten out from behind the plate playing baseball once again. He's wearing a pinstripe jersey with an interlocking NY on his left sleeve. So how could you not pick the White Sox and the Yankees to play in that game? How could you not pick those two teams to be the ones to represent baseball as you go to Iowa, you play at the Field of Dreams site? I am so excited. I think this is going to be awesome. I think this is going to be an amazing, amazing event. And I'm really excited that it happened. Now, the only thing I don't like about this, there's one thing, and it doesn't really have anything to do with Iowa. It doesn't really have anything to do with where this game is, when it's happening, that the game is moving around. I already told you, I love all of that. The one thing I don't like that I've thought of as a result of this game being announced is that, okay, we can build a baseball stadium, temporary or not, on an army base. We can build a stadium temporarily in a cornfield. We can go and play in Puerto Rico. We can transform soccer stadiums and cricket grounds and play in Tokyo play in college stadiums in Omaha and 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 low-level old minor league stadiums in Williamsport. But we can't figure something out in Cooperstown? We can't figure out something to do to make a, a, a an event, to make a special thing 
in Cooperstown, New York? Because that's something that I think would really be amazing. That's something that I think would really be special. To host an event. Let's just say Saturday and Sunday of Hall of Fame weekend. Saturday night game, Sunday night game, Double Day Field. And I know right now Double Day Field is in no condition to host a major league game. None whatsoever. It's not big enough. It doesn't have any kind of uh, good enough seating. I understand that. But can we do something to renovate, to refurbish it, to bring it up to snuff for a major league game? Just two a year. Can we build them a new stadium somewhere? Can Major League Baseball step in and go ahead and do something? Because I think that would be a truly, truly special event. Much like a game in Iowa. Much like a game on an Army base. Much like bringing these these games and these events to the college and Little League World Series. How cool would it be if baseball schedule makers looked ahead and Major League Baseball looked ahead at the potential Hall of Fame class for a given year? Said, you know what? Derek Jeter is going to get into the Hall of Fame this year. What if we sent the Yankees to Cooperstown? Or years down the road. Hey, Albert Pujols is going to get into the Hall of Fame this year. Let's send the Cardinals or the Angels to Cooperstown. Ichiro. Hey, let's send the Mariners. And on and on down the list. This would be an awesome event, an awesome opportunity. So, hey, we're putting baseball everywhere else. We might as well put it there. Bring it up here to Central New York. Bring it up here to Cooperstown. That would be a really cool, really awesome event. So I love that baseball is spreading the wealth. I love that baseball is spreading the love. Um, I would like them to do a little more. I'm sorry if I'm greedy. I would like to do. I would like them to do a little bit more. So that does it for us here on a show to be named later for this week. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for finding us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're now on Radio.com as well. So check out their app, download it if that is your streaming and podcasting app of choice. Don't forget to subscribe on all your favorite podcast services. Get these delivered straight to your phone each and every time. Follow me on Twitter at SethGoldberg17 and like my Facebook page, Seth Goldberg Sports, for more as we move forward. We'll keep it rolling here on a show to be named later. We'll be back next week with more. Talk to you then.